When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if I told you that the way we've all been taught to be nice isn't actually nice? Would you like to learn the way to truly be nice to someone? Welcome to the Heal the Hurt podcast. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were going to be the first man or woman to do something really great. But then something happened. Something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. So what have we all been taught about being nice to other people? That the key to it is we have to give to others, right? That's our biggest purpose in life, is to give. From Simon Sinek's, his whole why, your why has to be bigger than you. And everyone in this industry will tell you, the most important aspect is we have to have a purpose that's greater than us, and it has to be focused on somebody else and on their benefiting, the whole giver's game and all of that stuff, right? Well, I'm here to tell you it's not possible. None of that is possible. It's all a lie. None of us, not a single one of us has ever done a single thing for anybody else ever. Mother Teresa, probably considered the most giving person in the world, never gave a single thing to anybody. And neither do you. None of us do. It's not possible. Let me prove it to you. What do we all say when we do something for somebody else, whether it's charity work or like churches are very big on giving, um, Habitat for Humanity, anybody who does any type of altruistic helping type work, when you ask them why they do it, what does every single person say? I just love the way it makes me feel to do things for other people. Do you hear that? I just love the way it makes me feel to give to others. Do you hear that? See, we're not doing anything for them. We're doing it for ourselves. We love it. We get so much from it. That's why we do it. But we're not giving it to them. We're giving it to ourselves. We've actually been lying to ourselves for centuries on this whole matter. The only reason we ever give or do anything for anyone else is because what we get from it ourselves. Now, of course, there's an ancillary benefit, whether it's through your church or, um, you know, creating a, a career or a business or a product that helps others. There are millions who benefit. Like Mother Teresa, she had a massive addiction to the way it made her feel to do things for others. She was benefiting herself first. Now, there's an ancillary byproduct that millions of people benefited from her giving so much. But Mother Teresa never gave anything to anybody else first. 
She gave to herself first, and all of us do that. And see, this misconception creates a lot of problems because people have this idea, I have to give, 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 and I'll get back. So now there's an expectation, look, I'm giving. Do you see how it's wrong? Do you see how it's not nice? It's a manipulation. I'm doing this so I get something in return, and that's literally how all of us have been raised. We haven't been given the right story of, wait a minute. You can't ever give to somebody unless you're totally okay with it inside yourself, right? Because if you're not, what happens? Eventually, you're going to feel anger, resentment, emptiness. You're going to feel like all you ever do is give to other people and you never get it back. So that's the dynamic that we've all been caught in. And that's why this being nice mantra or this, you know, you have to do it for other people is such a lie because nobody's fully explained the right way to give to others, the right way to be nice. And so that's what I want to do. I want to give you the solution so that when you give, there isn't that manipulative expectation. You won't feel it and they won't feel it. And you won't be left with that emptiness and frustration of doing so much for other people and never getting anything in return. See, there's an expectation. I'm supposed to get something in return. I'm going to show you how to let that go so that if you ever do anything for anyone else, you'll never have that experience again. All right. There's several keys to this. The first thing is this. Start by making an inventory of your morals and values. What do you really believe in? What's your character? And this is every area of your life as a spouse or a partner, as a friend, in your career, as a parent, your hobbies, every aspect of your life. What are your morals and values? What's the character that you want to live up to? What is What does that look like? What sort of integrity do you have? How do you follow through on certain things? I mean, it can be something simple like communication. Like for me, being on time, that's a moral and value. I have that. Maybe for you, your moral and value is I'm always late. Like I don't, it's not for me to judge if that's right or wrong. But if that's your moral and value, then you need to list that out. It has to be something that fits for you. Okay, so conversations. I'm a quick responder, whether it's work or personal. Many people are the exact opposite. They're very slow to respond. What's your moral and value around that? Okay. What's your moral and value around relationships? Do you believe that you shouldn't have sex until you're married? Do you believe you should live together? Should you have an open relationship? It's not up to me to decide. It's your life. What's your moral and value? What do you believe about parenting? Is it enough that you just watched your parents? Or my moral and values, I went and became an expert. I read books, took classes, talked with counselors. That's my moral and value around parenting. What are yours? See, we you're going to see why this is so important. So that's the first thing in every area of your life. What are your morals and values? What's your character? Okay. Now, the second step is, what are your needs and wants? Now, there's a difference between needs and wants. Needs are things we need to survive. Food, clothing, shelter, money, intimacy, that can be sexual and non-sexual connection with others. Those are essentials to life. What are your needs? Are you living below your needs? Like, are you living out of your car? 
Are you not, uh, you know, lots of clients will only have a few things in their closet, the things to wear. They won't meet their needs when it comes to clothing or they're living in shelter that isn't good enough. All right. Wants are something different. Wants are things that bring us joy. All right. What things in your life bring you joy? Traveling, clothes, um, eating out, certain hobbies. Now, the key is this. What gets many people in trouble is their morals and values are off. And so they end up pursuing their wants, things that bring them joy, but they sacrifice their needs. Like I say this all the time, there's a Mercedes, Maybach, Maybach, however you say it, that's like $500,000. That would bring me tremendous joy. This blue one I've seen, it's gorgeous. But if I were to buy that, it would sacrifice my needs. I'd be living under a bridge with no shelter, sleeping in that Mercedes. I can't afford it. So what happens is people's morals and values, they've never defined it. And so they're in pain. They're not living to their character. And so then they pursue their wants, things that bring them joy to try and make themselves feel better. But now it's sacrificing their needs. It's putting that in jeopardy. All right. So when they do that, now they're giving to others, expecting things back, but they don't know how to meet their morals and values, needs and wants. They're going against themselves and they think that if I'm nice to somebody else, that will make me feel better, but it does the exact opposite. And that leads us to the third one. What's negotiable and what's non-negotiable for you? Like I talk about it all the time. Relationships for me, it is non-negotiable if somebody smokes pot, does drugs of any kind. A little bit of alcohol, even though I'm a recovering alcoholic, fine with me. Um, somebody that does personal growth work, I have to. I mean, look, with what I do, if you don't even know anything about it, we'd have nothing in common. I mean, I make my whole life is about this. So those are negotiable, you know, that's non-negotiable. Um, things that would be negotiable is maybe some of their hobbies and interests, things like that. So, and, and again, it's, you want to go through every area of your life, whether it's your morals and values, your needs and wants, your negotiables and non-negotiables, you want to list out as a person for myself, what are my, what are, where do I fit with all of these things in a relationship, in my career, in my hobbies, as a parent, every aspect of your life, you need to create columns and fill all of that out. Now, once you have that self-discovery work, before you ever give to somebody, you need to ask yourself three questions, okay? Does this giving of myself compromise my morals and values, my needs and wants, my negotiables or non-negotiables? See, that's why we resent people. That's why we feel like we do so much for so, so many other people and we get nothing back. It's because we're sacrificing our morals and values, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables. And now, because I gave to you, I expect something in return. I want some joy out of this. I want a return. Well, it's not their job. Nobody should ever meet my morals and values or my negotiables or non-negotiables or my needs and wants. That's my responsibility. I have to meet those. It's wonderful if someone from an authentic place wants to give into those areas give to me in those areas, that's beautiful. But it has to be without that condition of I owe you something or there's an expectation that they've kept a list, you know, because what happens in most relationships, careers or why do we get, why do we leave jobs 
why do we end relationships is we gave ourselves away. We went against ourselves and then we expected in return, we didn't get it. And now we resent that person. Well, they're not responsible for that. We are. And that's why, but no one's taught us, you know, when Simon Sinek and all of it, I love his stuff, but he doesn't, he doesn't give you the right information. It's this platitude of give to others. Well, you have to give from the right place for it to work. Otherwise it backfires. It doesn't work. And so you have to be detailed in these areas so you can ask yourself that first question. Does this compromise my morals and values, my needs and wants, my negotiables and non-negotiables? The second question you have to ask is, will I ever bring up that I did these things for that person? If you ever think you'll bring it up again, then you can't give because that's a manipulation. It's not a free gift. I owe you. Like it has a price tag on it. And that tells me you've given yourself away. You've done this so-called nice thing only to eventually hurt this person with, hey, you owe me. So if you think you'll ever bring up that you did this nice thing for somebody, you can't do it. You're not doing it freely. You're not actually being nice. The third question is, Will I ever be resentful if nothing comes back? So question two and three are basically the same question, a subtle difference of, you know, because most of us, we, I mean, think through your life. I did this on purpose because most of you listening to this are going to have a really hit to the face of my God. I have a lot of resentment about all the nice things I've done for other people. And I resent that they didn't give it back to me. And it's kind of hitting you in the chest of, wow, I never knew I was manipulating them, that I wasn't being nice. I was actually trying to steal from them. It was all an attempt to get something back, or it was a business thing. I built this product that I wanted people to benefit from, but nobody bought it. They're the problem. Well, you didn't do it for them. You did it for you. We Again, I have to say this. It's tough for people to accept, but nobody on this planet has ever done anything for anyone. They did it for themselves first. There was an ancillary benefit that came from doing that for others. The other person benefited, but we did it, if we did it, we did it because of how it made us feel about ourselves, and that's wonderful. That's nothing to be ashamed of. That's healthy. None of us can do it any other way, okay? So we have to make sure we lay out our morals and values, our needs and wants, our negotiables and non-negotiables, and before we ever so-called be nice to somebody, we have to ask ourselves those three questions. Does this compromise any of those above three things? Will I ever bring it up that I did these for them? And three, will I ever resent them if I don't get something in return? If you can't satisfy that, then you're not being nice. And unfortunately, that's most people because think of your relationships. Think of why you've generally been upset with somebody because they didn't give it back to you. They weren't nice. They didn't appreciate it. Well, you didn't give freely. It's actually, we've been taught a dysfunctional, manipulative dynamic that hurts all of us. Okay? Now, the next piece we have to accept in, in this is what a lot of, you see this all the time, especially around relationships. People say, I hate liars, or you can't be a liar. I saw a post the other day on Facebook, somebody said, if you want to keep a relationship, never lie. 
And I'm like, well, they just told me they're a liar. All of us lie. Every single person on this planet lies. If you think you don't lie, then you're lying to yourself. We all lie at some point because all of us struggle with self-esteem. We're also imperfect. So sometimes we just don't want someone to know everything about us. Now, there's the typical lie. I can hear some people already going, well, I know I always tell the truth. Well, what, there's a lot of things people don't understand about what a lie is. It's not just saying, like, if I were to say this wall is red, that's a lie. It's different colors of purple. It's obvious. All right. So most people think, you know, they, when they think of lie, they think of something so, you know, obvious like that. But here's another way. This is the most prolific way that people lie. All right. They withhold information. They don't tell the whole story. I was in a relationship with a woman and she would do that all the time. She'd say, oh no, I've never lied in my life ever. But you'd ask her, so did you go to the store today? No. Did you go to Safeway today? Yes. See, I didn't ask the question specific enough. I said store. Well, there are millions of stores. This was how she would justify it. There's millions of stores. You didn't ask me which store I went to. You just asked me if I went to a store. Well, it can be considered a store. It can also be considered a market. That's, and you'd be, I know we've all run into that person who gas, this is really a form of gaslighting, um, manipulates the truth that way. So withholding of information, withholding of our true thoughts and feelings, and we all do do this. Somebody asks it. I mean, think of it. Every day of the week, somebody asks you, how are you feeling? And what do you say? I'm good. Yet inside, you feel broken. Well, you just lied. You lied to somebody. We all do that nonstop. We don't share completely, openly, and honestly exactly what we're thinking and feeling and doing at all times. Not a single person does it. So we all have to accept that people lie. And so this thought of, you know, somebody isn't nice unless they tell the truth. Well, that's a lie in itself. People are going to mislead you. So when we don't express directly like full detail, what's happening. If we withhold information, that's a lie. If we withhold any of our thoughts and feelings and actions, we're lying to somebody. And like I said, the example that I used, we all get asked, how are you feeling? How do you feel about that in a relationship? Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. Boom. You just withheld. That's a lie. So that's another thing to reconcile is people are not going to be truthful with you. All right. Now that's going back. So now you have to go back to your morals and values, needs and wants. Where do you sit on that? Are you okay with that type of lie? If you are, you know, and, and what level of lying are you okay with? This is part of the being nice thing. What's negotiable and non-negotiable. This is a discussion you should have in a relationship, like what's your form of lying? Because we're going to lie to each other. So let me know what your morals and values are so I can see if it's negotiable or non-negotiable for me. Because if you withhold in this way, yeah, I'm okay with that. You do it this way, no, nah, that, that's non-negotiable for me. That's a discussion every couple should have. How do you lie? If you don't have that discussion and you get into a relationship, man, you're in for a rude awakening. All right? These are 
true intimate discussions we have, we need to have if we want to be nice. And so that's another thing is this idea that everyone has to tell the truth at all the time. It's not possible. So we have to be open about how we lie if we truly want to be nice. All right. Now, the next piece in this is we have to learn to forgive ourselves. Okay. For many of you, you're going to realize, man, I didn't know I was such a liar. You know, I'm not trying to disparage you, but so many people just, oh my God, yeah, I lie all the time. I never knew that. Well, that's going to feel like an assault. Why? Well, that gives you an indication of what your morals and values are and what's negotiable and non-negotiable for you. All right. But you can't, as I say all the time, you can't be blamed for something you weren't even aware of. So most of you, because we've all been taught this false way of being nice, are completely unaware of lies and all these manipulations we do. Well, you didn't know any different. How could you beat yourself up? I, I'll use this example with clients. I'll ask them, do you know how to build a 747 airplane? Like if I asked you right now from the ground up, could you build one? Well, no, of course not. I'd say, well, do you feel bad or shame or like there's something wrong with you because you don't know how to build it? Well, of course not, they'd say. I'd say, well, why? Well, I just don't know how. I've never learned it. Yes. It's the same with this stuff. We don't teach this stuff. Our parents haven't taught us this. No one's taught us. So how could you be, how could you blame yourself or be mad at yourself as you're discovering this new information? Why would you even beat yourself up? Makes no sense. You just haven't been taught. Now, here's the key. Once you become aware of new information, like all of this, for the first time, many of you are listening to this and realizing, wow, I wasn't aware of this. I understand that I'm not to blame for not knowing about it. I did the best I could with the information I knew at the time. But now that I have this new information, here's the caveat. For the first time in your life, you're responsible. If you listen to this podcast and you choose not to lay out your morals and values, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables, if you choose not to have a discussion with your partner about how you lie, then from this point forward, the struggles in your life and your relationships and your career and parenting and all of that for the first time in your life, you are responsible. I wouldn't say blame because it's not easy to flip the switch and start doing all this stuff, you know, in a more... Uh, functional manner. It does take time, but for the first time in your life, you are responsible for choosing not to do the work. And that you have to accept. But anything before today, not at all. You did the best you could. So please don't beat yourself up for that. But sit, make a decision, start with morals and values. What is my moral and value? When I discover an imperfection in myself, is it my moral and value? to go work on it, to go gain the skills, tools, and knowledge. If it is, well, things like my book, these podcasts, there's, you know, I have workbooks and classes, all these different things where you can learn how to do this. That's an option. There are hundreds of other people you could learn from as well. It doesn't have to be me. But what's your moral and value on that? Or is it your moral and value to choose to be irresponsible around it? I mean, I, I won't judge you for it, but I will hold you accountable that you're making the choice to be irresponsible. And it's up to you. What, what's negotiable and non-negotiable to you? Maybe that's negotiable for you. Well, good for you. 
because you're operating in, in your morals and values. You're okay with lying to yourself and to others in that manner. Only you get to decide that. I'm not God. I'm not the one who's right all the time. You're the one who's right all the time. You get to decide these things, okay? So ultimately, to wrap up, as you discover these things, if you discover these truths, how do you recover from that? If you're feeling a sense of kind of a shame attack of, wow, this is, this is all new to me. This is tough. Well, self-esteem work. It's going back and building true self-esteem. All right. And that's, you know, things like affirmations. There's many other aspects of it, but ultimately what there are two things that two things that build our self-esteem. All right. The first is our actions. The single greatest way to build your self-esteem is to walk in your morals and values, your needs and wants, your negotiables and non-negotiables. When you act with integrity in the most authentic self that you're capable of today, you raise your self-esteem. Your actions, because you're acting in, in, in accordance with your beliefs about yourself. That's the greatest way to be able to absorb this new information on how to be nice. The second way to do it is confront your denial. When you hear this stuff, and, and you know, especially uh, for a lot of people, the lying part, they're probably in denial about how they lie. Well, when you can break through that denial and accept that we're all perfectly imperfect, we all withhold information, we all aren't nice at times, when we can drop that, that is the second greatest way to raise our self-esteem. All right, those are, those are characteristics of integrity. Now we can do mantras and affirmation work and all those other things. Those are all very important. But without the building blocks, like the, this, the foundation to building self-esteem is morals and values, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables, and denial work. Facing the truth of who we are. That allows us to walk in integrity. When we start with that foundation, now the floor joists, the framed walls, the drywall, the siding, the roof, that's affirmations, mirror work, everything else. That's how you complete the house that is you. That's the strength that you become, okay? Finally, the last thing to conquer all of this is um, fear work and that really the fear of rejection. And that circles back whenever we're afraid of rejection. What that means is we have low self-esteem. We're giving our power away. We're giving to the other person the power to determine our worth. Well, that again circles back to self-esteem work. Okay. So ultimately, if you're struggling hearing some of this, the underpinning to be able to lay all that out is the self-esteem work. Okay. And these are all aspects of it for us to truly be nice and stop the manipulation the manipulative dynamic that we've all been taught. So make sure you're not giving yourself away. All right. That's what it's called. When you give yourself away by trying to be nice and not holding people accountable. So that's the other piece is we end up enabling somebody else's imperfections because, you know, they'll, they'll be doing something that goes against our morals and values or our negotiables and non-negotiables. And we want to be nice. Well, when we do that, we're actually manipulating and using the other person. 
We're keeping them stuck in the problem by not holding them accountable to the consequences of their actions. That's not love. That's not love when we don't, when we enable somebody to stay in their dysfunction and we pat them on the back because we're afraid of losing them. We're afraid of rejection. Do you see how it all circles back to self-esteem work? It all circles back. If you truly, truly want to be nice to somebody and you want to be there for somebody who's struggling, the key lies within you. It's not what you do for them. It's not what you give to them, not what you say to them, any of that. What matters is you laying out your morals and values, needs and wants, negotiables and non-negotiables, and you acting in accordance with those and recognizing that the only time you will ever give to somebody or ever be nice to somebody is as long as you are working within that and you can survive answering those three questions, which is, does this compromise my moral, any of those three, three things? Will I ever bring this up in the future? And will I ever resent them if I get nothing back? That, when you're able to do that, that's when you're truly a nice person.